Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. So after taking a, a week off to install our 5G, um, this question, <laughs> this might be a talking point sooner rather than later if things don't change, but do the Edmonton Oilers and coach Dave Tippett survive the entirety of next season? And if not, could you find a better replacement that isn't John Tortorella? And I'd just like to point out, we did ask this question before the playoffs officially started and before Tortorella officially parted ways with Columbus. And before officially the Edmonton Oilers went down 0-2 in Winnipeg. Oh, did that happen too? Oh. Mm. All right. So I guess I'll answer this. Uh, will he survive now? Who will replace him? I don't know if this would be a quote-unquote better choice than Tortorella. I think it's probably a more realistic choice than Tortorella. <laughs> but I'm going with Craig McTavish. Former coach, former Edmonton do you, Oiler. Do you hate me? <laughs> <laughs> I do, do not you, hate you. Do you hate McDavid and Dreisaitl that much? No, but Edmonton likes, like a lot, like most Canadian teams and most arbitrary six teams, they really like hiring former players as coaches and GMs. And so it was either Craig McTavish or Mark Messier, or maybe both. The inside of the Oilers' third sweater that they did a couple of years ago, the, I think the year, the first year they went with Adidas, their 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 third was their gorgeous blue with the orange shoulders mm-hmm. instead of the construction code ones they have now. Um, on the inside, along the collar, it said "Once an Oiler, always an Oiler," and uh, it's, uh, it's that's their motto for hiring. Mm-hmm. Um, you just uh, no, I don't hate you. It's just that Edmonton likes you know that's their shtick. So of course. You hate the best McDavid. indicator of future behavior is past behavior. Except Ken yes. Holland is there. And that's that's the one uh, Trump card. Ugh, poor choice of words. That's the one talking about hockey factor. <laughs> yeah. But is he is he the um, I need to do an ownership tells me sort, or is he the Ownership has given me some, um, you know, range on my leash to actually do things. <laughs> I think, in all sincerity, Daryl Cates has been pretty good about staying out of there the last five or six years. Um, and I don't know if that had something to he, uh, he went through a fairly severe illness. And I'm wondering if that just kept him from meddling too much, you know? And I think he's done pretty good about staying out of it since then. Outside of, you know, finally trying to correct some of his wrongs, Peter Chiarelli, um, and, and giving, I think Ken Holland's got a little bit more say there. And I think Bob Nichols being kind of pushed to the side also helps. So, I don't know if they're in a position where they can't tip it. Because I don't think regular season's not their problem. Right? You put McDavid out there, you put Dreisaitl out there, you're going to get 200 and some odd points out of the two of them. How they divvied up between them is their fight. You're going to get second, third in the division, maybe. Make the playoffs, and then your composition is going to be your weakness. Oh, I, I don't know. I, hmm. I just don't see them cutting bait with Tippett. 
because what the hell else is he going to do? Right? Everyone keeps talking about, oh, Ryan Nidge and Hopkins had, you know, these great seasons and everything. Yeah, he scored 60 points one year. That's, uh, yeah, okay. That's a third line, second line guy, right? Where the hell's their help? Oh, yeah, that's right. He's on Lo- he's on Long Island scoring playoff goals for the for the other guys wearing orange and blue. God. Fred so pisses me off. Where do the Oilers need help immediately? On defense or on the second line, third line wings? Goal. I, I'm, I'm going to take goaltending out of the equation God. for now. Then defense, because only because a, a defense would be able to shore up a questionable goalie. I think they're. I think if oh god, if if Barry walks, like I hope they let him walk, and I hope they let Larson walk, they've got prospects that can come in. Evan Bouchard, I. Still, I'm just, why the hell aren't you playing this kid? He can run from the back. He generates offense from the back, which you are in desperate need of. And Clefbaum will be back next year. I'm not the world's biggest Clefbaum fan, but he's a hell of a lot better than Adam Larson. And they've got, a, you know, Ethan Bear is starting to find his game again. And there's another guy that can kind of help drive offense. But it's just, I don't think they need the defensive help. They desperately need someone else who can pot 20 goals a year consistently on a wing, at least 20. Pooley Arvey, I think, is going to find his game. There goes someone, there's someone that McDavid can play with. Yamamoto has just disappeared. So, you know, there's nothing. You can't... RNH is not going to be a guy you put on a wing. He just is not that scorer. They desperately need someone who can pot 20 goals on a wing. And and he is a world champ. He is a two-time Stanley Cup champion hot dog eater. No. <laughs> Tell me oh. how fun that would be. Oh, just to drive the Edmonton media insane. Philip J. It. Kessel. Philip J. Mm-hmm. Kessel. The J. Who may or may J. not be a truck driver based on hey. recent memes. <laughs> Philip, Philip J. Kessel does what every year? Scores 30. Pretty much. When he's healthy. And how often is he not healthy? Hint, Very he's got rarely. The, he's got the, I think he's third in the Ironman streak in the league right now. Something like behind, that, yeah. Behind Marlo and Yandel, I think he's third. Yeah. He is third active. Yeah. Philip J. Castle. Okay. So... When I pose this question... I'm not going to answer your question, by the way, because I still hate you for asking it. Okay, well, I'm going to bring a different answer because I've had two weeks to sit on it. But I brought it up because they just look like a team. They're... I think we've said it before, but once things don't start going their way, they don't adjust. They just keep doing the same thing over and over again. And that's going to be Tippett's ultimate downfall whenever he does leave this job. No, I, I don't mentioned think Tortorella because I I, I don't fully think it expect. Will be his downfall. I fully I don't expect. Think it... Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I, I was going to say I I I'm sorry, Patrick, but I expect Larson to return. Ugh. I don't know why. But I'm thinking mid-season replacement Tortorella would be someone who can at least minimize the terribleness. 
out of certain players like that. But then I started thinking more and more, and I think in our, you know, group chat, Cassie, you shared an image of, you know, available coaches and listed based on their, you know, quote unquote wins they've uh, racked up during their careers. And you said, yeah, there are no great options here. And then I got to wondering what they need, because I, I tend to agree, I think on defense and on goaltending, they're, they're fine. They need to get other guys going offensively. What about Kirk Muller, who I think got a raw deal in his three years with the Carolina AHL team that he coached? I almost suggested him, actually. And then I thought, did he play for Edmonton? And then I had to, like, log on and talk to you guys, so I forgot to look it up. <laughs> no, he did He did not. Mm. I, ha- I will interject and, and throw a non-tangential in here. I have to admire your restraint, Pat, mm-hmm. for not sharing that Brock McGinn goal that he just scored to tie the game. Live scoring, live in-game scoring update with a buck 30 left in the second. Carolina ties it 2-2 from a ripper from Brock McGinn. So, back to the question I hate you for asking. Um... Yes, I've bemoaned the lack of do something different from the Edmonton Oilers. Um, in in-game adjustments. But that being said, I have to give all the credit in the world to Winnipeg for playing just south of the rule book on interfering, slowing down, clogging up, McDavid, Drysaddle, and their speed. You know, reminiscent. This series is reminiscent of some of the uh, 2002 Canes playoff series. Yeah, uh, you know, Paul Maurice. He's got just enough talent to be able to do something, but is clearly outmatched and uh, make something out of nothing. They have, and I'm not saying they're cheating. I'm not, you know, you got to fight through this stuff, kids. Yeah. This is this is adult pant hockey. I won't say the other common phrase because it's meaningless. Um, wheat from the chaff hockey. And, you know, so if I were to give you an answer... I'd love to see Claude Julian there. I mean, he he is probably the ideal coach. Will he go to the Western Conference? I don't know. I I more than anything in this world, I want him in Columbus. Well, I think John Davidson could seal that deal. Yeah, and I honestly do. I, I'm hoping I'm hoping JD takes him that I want Claude Julian in Columbus. <laughs> I do. And, and it is just for the giggle. It's not just for the giggles. It's it's to turn that thing around because he ha- like I said, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Montreal and Columbus are not too dissimilar when it comes to their talent pool. Where's all their strength? Back on the blue line and kind of in net. Okay. What did Claude Julian have those guys up front doing? Scoring five on five. Let's go. Let's go. I want Claude Julian there. Then in Edmonton. Well, it would also be interesting to have Claude Julian in Columbus because, you know, he's only coached in towns where there's a huge media glare. Boston, New York, Montreal. Montreal. So, and Columbus doesn't. <laughs> I was going to say Montreal, Boston, Montreal again. <laughs> the Montreals. Um, and so, you know, it, it'd be interesting to see if if that would prompt him to do more creative things, or if he would stick to the same old, same old, or how that would all play out. Cause you know, when players go from a fishbowl to a non fishbowl, 
some of them like thrive doing that while others kind of like wilt because they don't have that extra media presence to, you know, drive them on. So um, as coach, it'd be interesting to see what Claude Julian would do with that. Honest, I honestly don't think he cares anymore. I think, I think his, his gaff meter is empty. Two tours in Montreal will, will, will empty your gaff tank. And if you <laughs> sideline that with a tour in Boston, the amount of Fs you'll give, whatever. You know, I think he's been around the horn to, especially like you said, in those two big fishbowl cities. It's not he wouldn't care at all. You know, I look at Quinville down in Florida. He's kind of you know, he's doing Joel Quinville things. Yeah. Same as he did in Chicago. He just you know doesn't have fifty journalists ramming down his throat. Asking him about it. Here's for a, a weekly radio show with Julian and Ellison Lucan. Oh yes. Or or at least an off season podcast. Please and thank you. <laughs> yes, please and thank you. Um speaking of podcasts, I started listening to the latest full sixty with Craig Custance mm-hmm. that had Aaron Andrews on it. And her five minutes, actually probably a little over five minutes, uh, talking about her time in Tampa Bay with John Tortorella, just reaffirms that the media does not get it. They just hate the guy because he doesn't like dumb answers or dumb questions. You know. Yeah, yeah. I've, Craig- I've heard her. I've heard her talk about him before in other interviews, and she just is so grateful. For- to everything that you know, he did for her. Yeah, she she fully admits she was sitting up next to him on the bus, picking his brain, and mm-hmm. and he was like, "No, don't hire her," you know, because she was twenty two or something coming out of college, and he's like, "No, no, no, please don't." And when she got there, he didn't care. He just treated her, you know, answered all her questions and helped her understand. And and she used the term, you know, he was like a father. So. And she said, I don't think she's ever spoken about it before, but when she had that weird-ass stalker incident, the first person that called her was John and wanted to know if she was okay at that moment. <laughs> so, you know, he just doesn't suffer fools. That's it. Enough of my Tortorella rants. Um... I want to see. I actually kind of want to see him take a year off because I don't think there's a team out there that fits him right now. No, I mean, I could see him being intrigued by Seattle, but I don't think that Ron Francis would be interested. I don't because there's a there's a certain immortality that comes with being the first coach of a, an expansion team, you know, um, or the first like group of players with an expansion team. There's really only four different ways to gain quote unquote immortality in the NHL. One is to win the Stanley cup and get your name on the Stanley cup. Uh, one is to, another is to, um, get into the hockey hall of fame. Another is to be on an expansion team, and the last is to get your name on one of the trophies. And so, you know, he's gotten two of those, right? Yeah. So I could see him thinking about it, but again, I don't think Ron Francis would be interested. I think he'd be an interesting fit, but the more I think about it, the less I want him here for it. Because... I I don't want the I don't want the national media tainting him to the local media, you know. They're going to come in and they're going to start spewing their oh he's just a big bully and all this other crap and the local media will just start picking up on that too. And the guy, you know, I want him to take a year off now that I think about it. Plop. <clears throat> so, um, 
Anybody else have a rant? I mean, other than Brenda Moore and Craig Berube. <laughs> have has this first round of playoffs actually been exciting, or have a lot of these games just been ugly? Depends on which series you're watching, I guess, because uh, Tampa and Florida seems to be pretty entertaining and ugly. Well, it started that I guess, way. I guess I should add Cooper to the Barube and Brendan Moore after last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or yesterday. Yeah. Um, Tampa and Florida has actually been hellaciously fun, even though the officiating got a little cattywampus last game. And um, to all the detractors out there, you know what actually, you know what one's also been kind of fun? The Islanders and Penguins. And I think some of my some of my fun factor is a Schadenfreude thing. And also just, you know, every time Jordan Neverly scores, I just shed a little tear of what should have <laughs> been and then laugh my rear end off that Peter Shirley was ever a job. Yeah, I think that's only a fun series if either you don't you're you're not a fan of uh Pittsburgh or you're an outright Islanders fan. <laughs> and see, I kinda tick both boxes, right? I mean I don't I'm not I'm not a homer for any one team, but I do love, you know, Barzell Everly, um, even Major Nelson, and Noah Dobson's looked really good. Um, and I just love the Penguins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not, a, that? not a Penguins fan. <laughs> I loathe the Penguins before Berkey, and now I loathe them even more. Or, I think if they just, see this is a God. See, they did one thing because I was people always when they find out I'm a hockey fan, they oh, who's your favorite team? And I'm like, well, I don't root for any one team. I just dislike four teams specifically. Oh, what four teams are they? It's the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Anaheim Ducks, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and whatever team employs Brian Burke as its general manager. That's been mm. my see. Burkey's not there as the GM. He is there as a president, so I'm still kind of like, but they screwed me up. They hired Ron Hextall, who I adore. Now I'm just. You just dislike him less. My therapy sessions, you know, have just been (laughs) these these conflict resolutions internally. It's driving me nuts, you know. I, I I damn. I want to gripe about the officiating, but I also don't want to get fined. And I haven't seen anything, but have they fined Brenda Moore or Baruby yet? No. And they hmm. obviously haven't fined Cooper. Hmm. Yeah, huh is right. But And they have been quick to deal out the fines, especially to players the past few games. Oh so. mama have they ever. <laughs> Um, I would like to petition the Colorado Avalanche not allow Nazem Kadri to wear a 91 because it gives all the rest of us who have worn 91 a bad name. <laughs> I mean, not that not that Fedorov needs help earning a bad name. Uh, it's just attitude, though. Um, <laughs> Eight games in the playoffs, man. Good on them. Good on them. Repeat offender. I like the way they had to define what "quote unquote" repeat offender was. They didn't define like, it. <laughs> they no, they totally, lowered it. They, they talked out of both sides of their mouths, and just basically, at the end of the day, it was—it's exactly what your parents did to you when you were a kid. Oh no! Uh-huh. See. <clears throat> You didn't see my my air quotes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yes, that's right. We don't have our camera. I, I should have. I should have. I should have said quote unquote repeat offender. <laughs> yeah, sorry for those for those of you viewing at home. We don't have our cameras turned on. Um, right. 
Yeah, just, you know. It's basically, it's what your parents did to you when you were a kid. Here are the rules. I'm, I followed the rules. No, you followed some of the rules. See the goalpost? I just moved it. <laughs> Arbitrary and capricious, I think, were the two words I use more frequently than others. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. <sighs> so, I am... you know, I guess players have more money than coaches, and that's why they keep finding players. Oh, dear God. <laughs> if I see one more Tom Wilson equivalency check on Cadre's suspension, I'm going to lose it. So punching someone head into the eyes. Do you know how many effing times that exact play happens in a game? Please watch carefully when there is a scrum on the ice and a player is down on the ice with another player on top of him. How many times said player on the ice gets cuffed in the back of the head? Mm-hmm. Usually in the helmet because, you know... Actually, hitting the back of the neck is not a good thing, so they, you know, yeah. have to make it look good. I am glad they find him. They find him for that, not the Panarin thing. Please stop. The Panarin thing's a whole different ball of wax. You're going to equate something that happens regularly in games to Nazem Kadri lining for Justin Falk's head. Okay. F equals MV. I'm, I'm, I'm having physics flashbacks right now, and I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> PTSD going on there. No, because I actually enjoyed it, but huh. mm. there's oh, cobwebs in there. I loved it, physics. I missed my calling. My sister talked me out of taking it, and now I regret not taking physics. I didn't spend enough time in physics. I mean, I would have hated the math, don't get me wrong, but um, I love physics theory. Mm-hmm. God. Um. I don't know about you two. I'm starting to actually kind of get a little excited for ESPN's coverage. And you know why. Oh, I, I don't know. Have they hired anyone recently? Yes, they anyone did. did? <laughs> Who kicks butt? She was awesome in studio at Sportsnet. I think she was mm-hmm. wasted in studio at Sportsnet. Mm-hmm. And she was flipping awesome doing play-by-play for the Frozen Four and the women's games. And I am here for her doing NHL hockey on ESPN. Yes. So due to the world shutting down, she went like almost a year without calling a game maybe a year and a half before she worked some of the Frozen Four, and she got that five-overtime game. Yeah! <laughs> and just, oh, Nailed it! And the fact that she is their first play-by-play hire, because uh, they're not going to probably bring in too many in-house people to do play-by-play. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. They'll probably do like you know contracts for people regional, mm-hmm. regional people. It'll be really interesting. You know, the one guy, you know, God bless him, rest forever. Tom Meese was fantastic at play by play, and the only other guy that they had was Mike Tarico, even though he never did the hockey. Mike yeah. Tarico is great at play by play, and he proved it you know, during some of the outdoor games and stuff. Um, I would have loved to have seen him come back and do hockey, but we'll see. I, I, I think, I think you're right. I don't think there's going to be a lot of in-house because most of the in-house people 
are locked to um, basketball and baseball. You know, they're they're two sort of big continual properties that don't just run once a week like football. Yeah. So whereas I I could see uh sorry, Cassie, I was gonna say I could see Steve Levy working playoff games because he'll satisfy his football obligations for the network and he has called NHL games for the network in the past. He is about the only name I, I I thought of as a legitimate, this could be decent option. So I, could Kenny, so Kenny Main left ESPN under interesting circumstances. Um, do you think he'll make his way to like Seattle sports? Because that's originally where he's from. I would <laughs> the same thing. I just wonder if those interesting circumstances might not prevent him because i was really unclear as to what the hell happened so i just listened to a full interview about a 90 minute interview with him uh on katie nolan's podcast this past week who um katie nolan to cover hockey more please and thank you um it really just sounds like it came down to a contract issue like eh, he wasn't I think he was being offered a pay cut. He didn't want to do that, and he decided to take it, take a gamble on himself. Okay. And maybe, from maybe. the sounds of things, I believe he's staying in Connecticut, and he seemed to really talk up the idea of doing a lot of commercial work. Um, because he apparently it's just something that he's. I'm sorry. Live in game update. First minute of the third period, Brock McGinn does it again. Who's Brock McGinn? My client. Um, oh, good. I'm oh. glad Matt Duchesne is still writing so, on his stick. Um, that's interesting. Uh, not not to get off on too much of a weird place, but that doesn't surprise me. Him hanging there and doing that mm-hmm. because if there's one thing. Sports Center has done for a certain generation of of its anchors is it's turned them into sort of mild celebrities, right? You go back to you go back to uh, Keith and Dan, right? And look at what those two carved out for themselves after, even while they were still on Sports Center. You know, they were almost much watched Sports Center, much watched TV type stuff. And it kind of bled over into Kilborn and Kenny Maine and Chris Berman. You know, Chris Berman does movies or was out doing movies and just because of who he was. Mm-hmm. So, and Kenny Maine is sort of, granted, I haven't watched ESPN a lot in the last, hey, coincidentally, 10 years. Kind of wonder why. Um, <laughs> so I don't know, you know, who their, who their name, you know, their, their, household names are you know i could i could list off Stuart scott and steve levy and and you know kenny main and those guys but anybody that came after them uh, you know linda cone that kind of uh, i don't know anyone else you know so is the current generation to have anyone like that that would be maybe why he's hanging around out there because he's still got a name Mm-hmm. And just to kind of finish up, he mentioned on a few occasions having trouble pronouncing hockey players' names when doing, you know, highlight packs when he has, I don't know, two minutes of heads up. Nadelkovich. Yeah. I only say Nadelkovich because I was listening. <laughs> to Pierre Lebrun and Scott Burnside and Pierre Lebrun was, they were talking to Don Waddell mm-hmm. and Pierre Lebrun and, oh, and Pierre Lebrun <laughs> pronounced it like three different ways. He just could not say Nadelkovich. And I'm just like, how hard is that to say? You speak two it, languages, Pierre. <laughs> it, it's hard to spell at first. I don't care about spelling. How hard is it to say? Not that Everyone hard. Figured out, everyone figured out Brady Shea pretty quick. 
of course, the chance the Raptors get helped, but you know, Nedeljkovic. If you can figure out Mike Shashevsky, give me a break. You know. Anyway, sorry, my little rants are ranty today, aren't they? Ranty, ranty, ranty. Kenny well, Main would have been. That's what we're here for, right? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Kenny Main yeah. would have been interesting coming back to Seattle. I just don't think he would have been satisfied as a studio host for right. a for a local broadcast team. Yeah, he he is not what Millard is for Vegas now. It's it's not the play for him. Now I have wondered. Could he do the occasional once a week with Turner? I don't know if he's that interested in hockey, honestly. I, and I don't think he is. So that was my thesis in my head before listening to the interview. I was like, no, he, I, I think he's going to put his, he's going to start wearing many different hats. But I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts doing kind of what Dan Patrick did, right? sort of his own little media empire type thing. Mm-hmm. You I'm know, sure maybe, that's what he's hoping to do. Yeah, maybe launching his own podcast and, you know, doing television hits and that kind of stuff. Like you said, commercial work and blah, blah, blah. Um, okay, well, that's good. You know, I, I, I will just say right here and now, I do not want Bucci Gross doing play-by-play. Dear God. Oh God, no. It's painful when he calls Frozen Four. I don't want Butchie Grass anywhere near hockey, to be honest. But him and Melrose can go far, far away. Oh, wait, did I say that out loud? <laughs> I mean, if you weren't going to say it out loud, I would have. Oh, okay. I, think, I think you muted me when I was going to say <laughs> oh. it, and then you said it. Oh, oh, boy. All I know is um, <laughs> I do adore listening to the Tampa Bay Lightning radio feed. It is hysterical with Phil Esposito. That man has no filter. No, it he doesn't. Beautiful. It's great. It is beautiful. <laughs> and and during that third period when Tampa or when Florida and Tampa were, you know, I think Anthony Duclair slashed um, Kucherov like right on the knee and Kuch went down oh my goodness the amount of self-editing you could just hear as <laughs> Phil was trying to come up with terms that weren't chicken liver you know that's exactly <laughs> what he did and the poor play-by-play guy just I love him I forget what his name Dave is Michigan? Yeah, yeah, so- okay yeah, Dave Mishkin. So, so when I was blogging about Tampa, we would call it Mishmute, which was we would mute the TV and just have the radio feed with Dave Mishkin because it was usually much better than the TV feed. And so, the, yeah, so we, it would, we would lovingly refer to it as Mishmute because Dave Mishkin's hilarious, too. Oh, I, what I love most about him is he just stays on that straight line, mm-hmm. you know, of calling the play. And Phil just dances around him and talks over him, and, and he doesn't care. He just carries on. I know. He's until, used to it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's, it was just beautiful. You know, he's, you know, and here's Kucherov, you know, off to the point the stamp goes. And Phil's going, they got to shoot right there, you know. And Michigan's just like, you know, he doesn't stop and let Phil speak or say anything. He just carries on, you know. Like stamp goes over to point, there. point. They got to <laughs> shoot there, too. One of these, oh, come on. You know, yeah, like so, so they were, for a long, for a while, they were, like, the radio team for Tampa for a long time. And then... Um, Phil kind of decided to just do playoffs, I think. He wasn't going to do regular season. Um, Or he would do certain, like, weekend games. He wouldn't travel. He would, or he would just do the home games. Or So they split it up some way. And then for a while there, he wasn't doing it at all. So it's good to hear that he's back. (laughs) This is hilarious. (laughs) I was was out running around Saturday while that game was on, and I just kept one earbud in and turned on the radio feed, and 
went, huh, who do I, yeah, what am I doing? I'm picking Tampa. <laughs> I got to <laughs> hear if Phil's there. And sure enough, what are those guys doing out there? <laughs> oh, come on. You know, it's just like listening to your crazy old uncle, you know, yell at the TV oh, yeah. during, a, during a game. And it was beautiful. It's great. It's it's like one of the, you know, most people don't like, or I shouldn't say, so Dave Michigan's kind of an acquired taste for a lot of people. And for other teams' fans, they kind of really don't like him. So they kind of, you know, they, they favor their own broadcasters, of course. But people are really missing out on the Phil Esposito stuff. I mean, seriously oh. missing out on, on Phil. And it's just... It's a thing of beauty and hilarity, and he is totally the cranky old uncle who used to play hockey back in the day. And it's just, I, I, ladies and gentlemen, viewing and listening audience, if you're viewing this, you're, I want some of what you're taking. Um, <clears throat> I cannot share. stress enough, you need to listen to a period of the radio feed, the next Tampa and Florida game, or the next if Tampa Phil game. Phil is after. there. I, Phil, again, I'm not sure if he's. Uh, he might just be doing home games, so I'm not sure that's well. That's gonna... Given that the broadcast teams are doing everything from their home arenas, would that's he true. call a game off a monitor? I don't um, think so, but I don't know. So I mean, so yeah, it's it's one of those. If if Phyllis Pizzito's not on, don't worry about it. But if he is on, then you need to check and make sure he's on. <laughs> oh, yeah. It doesn't say what his schedule is. I may have to go. I, I'm going to have to go do some more spelunking. But please, ladies and gentlemen, do yourself a favor. It is art listening to it. Everyone always says, you know, oh, I want our podcast to sound like three friends talking in a bar or something, you know, or I want our I want our play-by-play, you know, to educate and everything. No, no, this is just like being in the house with the play-by-play guy on the TV and your crazy old uncle yelling over top of him. Which is better than the whole three friends thing, because that's what you think you sound like when you're at the bar. Yeah, no, you really don't sound like that when you're at the bar. No, no. <laughs> And his call of games is like when you're just sitting at a bar in awe of that other guy watching the game, which is way better than what's on the screen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's enough about Phil. I just had to share because it's just... I sat there at the park, watched my kid climb around on jungle gyms and various other things and listening to that in my ear and just going... God, I love this. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was chicken livered. <laughs> Just uh, <laughs> that's pretty much all I had. So again, Leah Haxtall rocks. Do yourself a favor. Does she get to work with Boucher or Ferraro? And is there a bad combination? I hope beyond hope, if it's not one of those two, that Mr. Mike P. Johnson comes in. Because mm. of, of, the, of the three that we listed, you know, Ray is obviously Ray, right? <clears throat> but Boucher and Mike Johnson are phenomenal yes. now next question is did they bring over AJ Molesco I hope they do they should I mean I was here I was hoping she would move to Seattle but or that pivot boats <laughs> I, I don't think she's going to uproot her family Pretty, Which I would say the same thing about Boucher, who's based out of Rhode Island. I doubt that's going to happen. Did Nadalkovich just stop that? Yeah, the, he did. Okay. Uh, huh. Past 
game update at 1645 Colton Sissons uh, or uh, excuse me Nick Cousins tips it in to tie the game at three this is probably going to go into a multiple overtime game again because it's low event hockey I don't okay one one team has 33 shots the other has 17 okay <clears throat> anywho um, so how about all the how all the overtimes going on <gasps> speaking of overtime <laughs> My foreshadowing, <laughs> I'm getting a little too good at foreshadowing. <laughs> like, and I'm going to use the word literally in its correct form. Watching the Winnipeg Edmonton game in that overtime period, I sent the tweet out this has all the hallmarks of a game where. Winnipeg scores after spending two minutes in their own end and Hellebuck standing on his head. Hit send as the Jets broke out of their zone and Paul Stasny scored the game-winning goal. (laughs) After the Oilers had just been barraging the Jets and Hellebuck had been standing on his head. Oh my goodness, Ned did get that with the full Gumby split. Yoinks. Um, But the overtimes have been fantastic, especially that Boston-Washington series. Yes. While the hockey has been hit or miss for 60 minutes, man, when they go to OT, wee! (laughs) (sighs) Ah! And the little modern ball I hate coming up with game winners and game tires. Man, I wish Brad Marchand would look good in the Kraken jersey. No. But sadly, sadly, the way things are going, I'm still pretty sure Nylander's going to get chased out of town <laughs> and end up a Kraken. Chased or or is he going to run out of town on his own with that? You can't catch me. (laughs) Well, it's you can't fire me. I quit type thing, right? Right. You know, it's it's a race. It's a race condition. Ha ha. You know who gets there for? Oh, I. You know. Yeah. Um, Dude scores the only goal in their opening game after that whole awful incident with Tavares, and I'm glad he's okay. I don't care about anything else. I'm glad he's not seriously hurt, you know? Yeah. I hope I hope everything is okay with him, and if he never plays hockey again, I'm totally fine with that. Full recovery. Doesn't matter what else happens. Exactly. Yep. As long as he can have the rest of his life with his kids and his wife and healthy and all of that stuff, totally fine with it. But Nylander scores the only goal for him. And the number of people that were all over him, and he only ended up with, I think, 16 minutes of ice time in that game. (laughs) Only? Only? There are, like, plenty of forwards and some defenders who would, like, kill for 16 minutes in a a playoff game. (laughs) I know, but this is, you know, you're you're down a forward. You're down a Mm -hmm. high-skill forward. And... You know, Marner and Matthews are, I think, were clocked in like 23 or 24. And somehow, you know, the guy who scores the goal and who has some offensive touch and all of these other things still only ends up at 16. You know, right. it's it sort of, it reeks of that whole Babcock um, where he was only playing Matthews like 18 minutes or something in, in big games because mm-hmm. he was sheltering him too much or something. I don't know. All I know is he's gonna look good. Yeah, all I know (laughs) is he's gonna look good in a Kraken jersey with Johnny Goudreau on his other wing. And we'll just find someone to put in the center. And he'll enjoy living in Ballard. (laughs) Yeah, or Medina, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's some nice condos in Ballard, so you know. Oh, oh, Kirkland. You know, they've just downtown Kirkland on Lake Street. There's a ton of new condos going up. Mm. So yeah, for your edification, Pat, this is like the east side of of Seattle. The east is just colloquially called the east side is Bellevue, Kirkland, Redmond. Oh, uh, I'm I'm fully aware that they do well <laughs> on KEXP's neighborhood. Oh, okay. Oh. 
grouping or whatever John Richards calls that. Yeah. Thing. That's because, so. you know, that's where a lot of the money lives. So. I think Ballard's a little too on the nose for Nylander. <laughs> you know? Boathouse on Lake, on Lake Union. Yeah, um. Totally. <laughs> I can okay. see Alex. Alex Nylander living on the boathouse, but no. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. I mean, personally, okay. I wouldn't want to live in Kirkland, but, you know, I, I also grew up in that region, so <laughs> I know how the traffic flows go in that area. Oh, <laughs> Getting from Kirkland to, to Northgate's going to be a real pain. <laughs> well, there's the light rail, Cassie. Come on. Yeah, I've heard all about it. The light rail that will be done in five years that nobody will use because everyone will be going to remote working in hybrid situations. Exactly. Exactly. Um, did that one. Okay, I got nothing. Yeah, it's... <sighs> Leave the if we're rest ready of to pull, the... If we're ready to pull the shoot, because uh, all the other... Uh, all the other hockey pie podcasts in the last week or so have covered all the garbage that we don't want to talk about anyway. So right, yeah, uh, and there's a reason for it. <laughs> um, so my final two things is I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and welcome back. Um, too many men. Too much man. Allison, Shana, and, and Sarah started season two of their podcast. Yay. So welcome back. Um, if we're ready, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to yes. present to you the thought-provoking question of this week. Give a new nickname to an NHL player whose nickname you can't stand. This has been the 3B3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.